0: they had, you know, like this open house. And so the staff afterwards, you know, could come and, you know, like they asked a couple nurses, like, what was your favorite thing about the floor? You know, this brand new floor, all the finishes, it's just beautiful. And they said that the the lighting was their favorite thing. (laughs) So that was awesome because usually the lighting, you know, just kind of disappears (laughs) for in a hospital, especially, you know.
1: From SSR Studios, it's Tech Vitals, a show about emerging technologies and innovations. We will take a deeper dive at how things like AI, VR, and sensor technologies are changing how we live and work. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Hilliard.
2: And I'm your other host, Debbie Gregory. We are searching for cutting-edge people using technology to solve cutting-edge problems. Each episode, we will be interviewing amazing thought leaders that are navigating the uncharted waters of emerging technology.
1: Having Alexa as a common home automation tool in the modern-day smart home smart lighting has introduced more simplicity and user comfort in our everyday home lives however when planning healthcare facilities intelligent lighting is now quickly becoming a versatile design component capable to transform several clinical programs and connected built environments today we learn about intelligent lighting from abby Lipperman, manager of engineering infrastructure at children's health and Todd Herman, Principal and Electrical Engineer with SSR. Abby and Todd are leading lighting design innovations anchored by intelligent light fixture technology and the many benefits they unlock for building operations, their faculty, and all the daily customers that experience the value of smart healthcare facilities. Well, thank you guys for taking the time out today. Why don't we kind of start with discussing some of the strategic initiatives to install and integrate digital um, platform for real-time location at Children's.
0: Sure, I'll. Uh, so about when I started at Children's about five years ago, we were looking at new lighting fixture standards, and that included networked lighting controls. And one of the options that a couple of the vendors came to us with is it was called Atrius, um, and it's a real-time location services. It's a beacon that sits in the lighting fixtures that allows, it allows tracking um, through the the lighting fixtures. So, you know, in a building, we already have lighting fixtures on a pretty tight grid, you know, every six to eight feet, maybe 10 feet on center. And so by utilizing these little Bluetooth beacons in the fixtures, then we automatically have this grid of of real-time location tracking. So this is something that we can use in the future for asset tracking or people tracking or navigation, or, um, there's a whole bunch of different things that we can, can use it for in the future. Um, you know, when you walk past the Starbucks, they can send you a coupon to your phone for, you know, um, get a free drink or, um, A lot of different airports now have been using this. I guess that's where it's kind of taken off. And so I think Children's will be one of the first hospitals to implement something like this, but it does give us, it kind of future proofs us a little bit. Um, You know, we see where where things are going and this is one way that we can kind of get ahead of that curve a little bit by putting in that infrastructure with our lighting fixtures and then utilizing that in many different ways in the future. So the Plano Mm -hmm. facility will be really the first new construction for children's that's utilizing this system.
2: That's one of the questions I wanted to ask was with the new facility, it was the decision was made. If you could just clarify that you are going to have real time tracking. Is that for patients, equipment, for staff, equipment, patients, who who all is going to use that? I don't know that a decision has
0: been made yet. Honestly, we do have an existing system that our biomed team uses for Um, asset tracking. And so we're working with the vendor that we currently use and the new vendor. So the nice thing with the Atria system is that it's, it's vendor agnostic. So they, all they do is provide basically, my understanding is just a latitude and longitude um, just that tracking number. And so they can communicate those numbers to any other platform. So whether it's our existing vendor, um, you know, communicating that location, or we can always put together new applications and, and build our own platform for different systems. So right now, I know that they had talked about asset tracking, but I don't know that a decision has been made to go that route The other one is navigation. We also have another navigation platform that we currently use, but this again, we can use these beacons to use um, to tie into the existing asset track, or not asset tracking, the existing navigation platform as well. So,
3: to kind of tag on to that, at least at the at the Plano campus on that expansion, since it is the the kind of the largest expansion that that Children's has done in a while, there has been a lot of talk of this, and, and mainly kind of to, to Abby's point, really asset tracking at this point. Knowing also the fact that you know that that has been brought up you know, to the leadership over there that they can do more with it but they don't have to do that the first day, which is a big deal. So they can get their arms around the asset tracking and then add where they, where they feel comfortable. So it's almost kind of a baby step approach as well. Um, So they can understand if this is something that they'll use um, or, you know, see, see the positive um, aspects of it. And then if they want to keep implementing that, they can.
2: I think it's just very forward thinking to do that from a strategic standpoint in order to facilitate you know, growth and expansion for some of these technologies to help in the future.
0: Right. And that's really kind of what we saw. This is, there's a lot of potential on how we want to utilize this system. So one thing that we did, you know, that we've talked about is, you know, tracking children, you know, we, a lot of times right now they have an armband on or something, you know, and so just knowing where patients are, how often a nurse comes into a room, you know, for patient experience and, Um, You know, how long people are waiting in the waiting room. Um, There's a lot of data and metrics that we can get by being able to to track people, I guess, in that way, Um, all in in a positive way. So um, we're not quite there yet, but there is there's a lot of potential with a system like this.
3: one of the one of the cool things is is implementing the patient experience part of that as well kind of to to what Abby said you know the Starbucks or or what or you know if that if you can put that that
0: child's information on there so his preferences are known so like
3: if he's walking down the hall and he goes into like an imaging suite where where they know that a a patient tends to be more stressed they can put on like a color changing light to green cuz they know his Right when he immediately comes on, it just immediately turns to green. Those are some of the implications that they can do with this, and and with their lighting control software, where you know that helps with that patient experience, which is huge for 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 childrens. Um, you know, just patient experience is, is definitely at the forefront of what their what their concern is, what their priorities are. Um, it's been really kind of cool to see that and implement that as part of this project.
2: That does bring up a question for me about the density of the beacons. So I know that, you know, when you're doing a regular system that there's a plan and a density map that's done, is er, does every single light fixture have the beacon? So all of our standard fixtures do i think there's a handful
0: maybe that don't like a vanity fixture in the restroom we decided not to put it in that because the down lights in the restroom would have it so there's a handful of them that we did we chose not to put the beacon in but for a majority of you know the two by twos two by fours linear fixtures um down lights all of those do have the the beacon in them um and you know like todd said we have several fixtures that are non-standard, but you can add the beacon to it. So it does have to go through another process to make sure that there's space in the fixture for the beacon and that it can get power to the beacon and, and communicate out. So there is a process that the manufacturer goes through, but it's pretty straightforward. And then if they decide that they can't get the beacon in that fixture, you can also mount these beacons external from the fixture too. So Um, you know, in areas that we find, like Todd said, where we have non-standard areas and it's a larger space, you know, we can, we can put a beacon above the ceiling every, I think it's 20 to 25 feet is what they recommend. So you're losing some of that grid that you get with the regular light fixtures, but um, it's not, we can always overcome something like that. It doesn't hold us back in any way or decrease the effectiveness of the system as a whole.
1: Did it have significant increase of the power demand or the, or the load calculations, like it's getting its power from a source that's already there, correct?
0: It is, but it's a very, it's a low voltage. So it's very, it's very, very small. All it is, is just the, you know, tracking that system and sending that data. So it's, it's very, very yeah, minute, unnoticeable. Yeah, very, yeah. Minus,
3: yeah. Maybe, maybe five Watts max, probably a bit, you know,
0: I mean, maybe per circuit. Yeah. Very, and not even yeah. for the, for each device.
1: As far as the IT component of hitting your facility network, is there a IT component or does it ride separate from that?
0: It does, right. So we do have a controller for the HRAS and for our network lighting controls and it does connect to our network. So, um, you know, we go through a risk assessment and everything like that. And it is, um, it's a, a very secure system. It does need a network connection to communicate out that data. So, Yes, there is a requirement. and with our fixtures I mean it's a, it's a networked lighting control system so it's getting network already um our we are we've standardized on the nLight lighting controls and so it gets a cat5 cable to every fixture already and so that it's the same uses it a lot utilizes the same path I believe for the beacon. so I don't think that there's a separate you know we're not bringing two data cables now to each fixture it's the same data cable that's being utilized. But I know we do have a network connection to each light fixture. All of those are tied together from Cat5. They go back to the controller and then there's just one connection from the controller to our network. So, um, you know, (laughs) it doesn't cause any undue burden on our network (laughs) that, um, you know, we're not bringing hundreds and hundreds of connections onto the network. It's just one controller that's connected
1: when you experience Wi-Fi and you're looking for that magical Wi-Fi that you can connect your computer to, what you guys have taken advantage of is anywhere that I have artificial light inside the facility, I now know that I can track and, and manage assets. And so for the designers out there that are listening to, to this podcast or tuning in saying, what technologies could I synergize and take advantage of? This is a, a great example of how an organization can adopt that you know, into a whole bunch of initiatives, which kind of leads us into, you know, our fourth question that we had posed out here of how does this really fit into a digital roadmap for your organization? If that's, I think you've shared a little bit of nuggets on that, Abby, already, but I really liked your example earlier. If I walk by Starbucks, 50 cents off my cup of coffee, it's getting the users more familiar to the environment where they are that's brand new to them. And I think you guys are doing a good job handling that. So,
0: yeah, I think again, it really fruit future proofs us for what we see coming, especially maybe for a children's hospital. So, um, there's just so many different things that we can do with it like we've already talked about asset tracking navigation the coupons like we said you know for going past the the dining room or whatever it may be but um kind of like what Todd had alluded to earlier that I see also is you know when you go to Disney World or um you know, a theme park when you're wearing your little magic band and you're walking onto the ride and the sign next to you says, you know, welcome Abby, or,
2: um, you know, you can start to personalize spaces as you're walking through here. I'm very impressed with the patient experience, um, focus that you have. And so in looking at that, what are some other things that you're doing within even the new hospital that you're building that, that are for, for um, enhancing patient experience with lighting? Yes,
0: yeah, so in our patient rooms especially, um, we're trying out some some new things. In our Dallas facility on our 11th and 12th floor, we've already implemented kind of a, it's a, a faux circadian rhythm lighting. It's not true circadian, but it is white tunable light that changes color temperature throughout the day to simulate sunrise and sunset. So. Um, the lighting fixtures change from a warm yellowy, you know, 6,500 or sorry, you know, lower Kelvin temperature to to 2,500 3,000. And then as the sun rises, it starts to get more blue light in there and goes up to, you know, 6,000, 6,500 K in the middle of the day. And then it phases back down to a warmer color temperature at night. So it's this nice, soft orange glow, similar to what you would have at home from, you know, an incandescent lamp um you know like on your ipad or iphone or your your device i guess it has sometimes a nighttime setting or even on your computer you'll have a nighttime setting and it, it turns orange you may see it kind of turn orange and it takes out some of those blue wavelengths so that it's um it, it's less i don't know what's the word i'm looking for todd
2: <laughs> yeah
3: so uh, yeah i mean and so it just follows your circadian rhythm you know pathway and so it with the blue light, the wake, blue wavelength, you know, we're going to get a little technical here, but the blue wavelength tells you to wake up and, and be more refreshed. That's what you get from the sun. And then as the sun sets, you get more of that red, orange wavelength, like Abigail's telling, you know, it's saying Abby's talking about. And so what that tells your body to do is, hey, it's time to rest now. Um, and, and what they've also um, shown, stu- you know, there's been plenty of studies on sleep. Um, and so what you see is that, that orange wavelength also helps you, um, rise and, and not, not so suddenly, you know, if you were to have that blue wavelength. And so we try to incorporate that with kind of a, what, what they call like kind of a blue block. Um, they're actually, uh, the LEDs are now changing to fully block that blue wavelength and tunable white lights. And so we're hopefully hoping soon that we can incorporate some of that, but, um, yeah, it's kind of, as Abby said, kind of a faux circadian. We're trying to kind of give that placebo kind of effect. Um, and not not all placebo, because we are blocking some of the blue wavelength, just not as much as we would like. Um, but it, it, we feel like um, that really has helped. And, and Abby's, I mean, she's, they've implemented that down at their their main campus already and have had, you know, really good positive reviews. And And so we wanted to implement that at the Plano campus as well. And so that circadian is is fully being implemented. Um, we are doing full circadian rhythm lighting in the NICU where, where there has been studies that have shown that, that that helps babies grow faster and get out of the NICU quicker. And so we are doing kind of, in that case, we're not doing a tunable white light. We're doing a, what's called an RGBW light. So it actually has red, green, blue and white leds in it so it actually has four different color leds um which allows you to mix mix those colors and eliminate fully eliminate that blue light and so um we've we thought that that was a big benefit to to the facility to have that um kind of that full circ- circadian where it made sense like in the NICU to to really uh where it's shown that 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 can help babies grow so um trying to implement those strategies where it makes sense and where, where we can, where it's cost effective for the, for the facility is a, is a, you know, a big deal. So um, I think that was kind of the intent for that circadian and, and um, we've, we've actually had a mock-up and, and Abby and I both went out there with, with different staff members um, and all we've gotten is positive experiences. We, we actually have kind of the, the mock-up on a five minute, I think time delay kind of that runs through the whole thing. And when I've been out there, it's just like, everyone's like, can you explain this to me? Like, this is, this is awesome. And so we kind of walk through some of that stuff. And, and so the staff is really excited about that feature, um, in that, in, in the, in the patient rooms. Um, and so, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. We can incorporate that.
0: Yeah, and I think that was my favorite thing when we first did our C-11 and C-12 floors. Um, they had, you know, like this open house. And so the staff afterwards, you know, could come and, you know, like they asked a couple of nurses, like, what was your favorite thing about the floor? You know, this brand new floor, all the finishes, it's just beautiful. And they said that the the lighting was their favorite thing. <laughs> so that was awesome because usually the lighting, you know, just kind of disappears <laughs> for in a hospital, especially, you know. Um, usually we're doing a good job if nobody talks about the lighting (laughs) so but in this case it was really great to hear that the staff loved the lighting and the fact that it changes automatically throughout the day and so um, that was exciting.
2: Just as far as the feedback that you got did you have any patients and family in those um, mock-up rooms as well?
3: Yeah we had both Um, actually the kind of into that kind of override switch, it was kind of interesting because one of the doctors came in, and obviously the circadian rhythms going through. And he's like, "Well, what do I do for an exam?" And so it's kind of, I was like, "Oh, great that you mentioned that." And I just walked over and said, "You just hit this button," and then it, you know, it, it all turned to that 4K and full bright. And so, um, you know, that was. You know, Abby had had implemented that on a previous project, and so we moved it forward. and And it's just an ingenious solution to to something that you know is a is a major concern when you have that circadian. Just to have that and lock it out so no one can can touch it. Because when when I when I show that staff, you know, the the docs and and you know, when you're talking in ICU, when you're you know, these people, you know, they could potentially be resuscitating someone or something to that effect. Where they may have to do an emergency life-saving type of procedure in that room um, because they can't move that, move them to just give them something so simple as just, Hey, you just hit this button and you're good. They were like, Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's all I need. So we, we actually, you know, we incorporate that make sure we label it properly. We actually have two of them, one at the head wall and then one at the main door. So if they're at the head wall and need it, then we can do it that way too. So, um, you know, just to really, I think simple solution again for in a complex system, which is great. So um, I'm excited to see that kind of incorporate. Um, and and then just you know the we I wasn't out there recently when the when the family came through. We actually do have a a, a final kind of walk through with with some of the leadership and and other people coming up. Uh, so I'm interested in to kind of get that final take from everyone. Um, as far as just the the lighting, but it's kind of, to Abby's point, it's kind of fun to normally you hear about finishes and you hear about, you know, uh, um, you know, room size or something to that effect. But a lot of the staff is talking about the lighting in this and and how we're incorporating it and how they're excited about it. And for kind of us electrical lighting geeks um, it's, it's really fun to see that Um, it, it just kind of shows that you're, your uh, work has kind of paid off, and, and so I'm excited to see that be implemented and hear how it goes and, and kind of get some of that feedback post-occupancy.
2: Well, we are so proud of the work that you've done, and that's one reason why it seems odd to have a technology podcast with lighting innovation on it, but we felt like it was such a unique um, and forward-thinking project, especially with your process, where you've done proof of concept, you've brought the vendors in, you've seen what they have. You're looking forward into the future to incorporate. You know, the sky's the limit, really, in the future as to what this will afford you to um, to be able to accomplish. So, thank you so much for joining.
1: As emerging technologies continue to fuel the digital transformation of industry 4.0, we welcome you to join our great conversations exploring technology vitals with some very innovative thought leaders. Learn more about emerging tech and the number of facility design use case applications that are advancing digital transformation for the built environment by simply clicking subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to check out today's episode show notes for additional details and document resources. Culture Matters. Our mission is to make a positive difference for our clients, colleagues, and communities. Watch our mission in action on your favorite social platform, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Read, or on Twitter at SSR underscore INC. And certainly a very big thanks and praise goes out to our internal SSR team of experts. Their extra effort and passion to manage all the behind the scenes work make this very fun podcast a true reality.